0: Tracy City, Tennessee is a small town of about 1,500 people in southern Tennessee, just northwest of Chattanooga. It's known for coal mining. All the way back to 1840, coal was discovered there one day whenever some boys were playing and digging in the yard for a groundhog. They discovered coal. But something interesting happened in Tracy City a few years ago. The citizens of the town elected a dead man as their mayor. That's right, they elected a dead man as the mayor. Carl Geary was running for mayor against incumbent Barbara Brock whenever one month before the election, Carl died of a heart attack. But a month later, on election day, Geary won the election By three to one over the incumbent Barbara Brock. Carl's widow, Susan, said she wasn't surprised by the outcome. She said people were calling me with their condolences about Carl, but they told me, but I'm still going to vote for him next month. And they did. By a three to one margin. Why? Why would you elect a dead man as your mayor? The reason was Carl was so well loved. He had been in Tracy city his whole life and, and they saw him as a man of integrity. They said if there was ever an honest man, it was Carl Geary. He's truthful. He's honest. He's respected. He's a man of integrity. So they voted for him. And many of the residents said, I'd rather have a dead Carl Gary than anybody else as our mayor. The city council declared the mayor position vacant as a testimony to the power of a person of integrity. Well, we go to chapter 6 of Daniel now in our study. The series are entitled, The Ancient of Days, And in chapter 6, we're going to see the story of Daniel in the lion's den, a story that we've heard ever since we were very young. I remember being a young boy in Oklahoma in Sunday school at the Baptist Church in my hometown, and and I remember hearing about Daniel in the lion's den and and how the lions didn't eat Daniel, but, but a lot of lessons we can learn here. But the primary lesson is this, there is power in the life of a person of integrity power to that. And I want us to see that this morning in looking at Daniel. Read with me verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. This morning I want us to look at the story of Daniel and I want us to see the power of the person of a life of integrity and I want us to learn four lessons about integrity this morning. Lesson number 1. First lesson we see here is integrity shows verses 1 through 3. Integrity Shows. Now, if you remember last week, we ended chapter 5 of Daniel with Belshazzar and the handwriting on the wall. He was having a party, he was defying the God of Israel, and a hand appeared on the wall and wrote, Your days are numbered. And we realized that immediately that night, the Persians overtook, scaled the walls of Babylon, overtook the city of Babylon, killed Belshazzar, and now the Persians are in control. So God's people, the Israelites, rather than being in bondage to the Babylonians, now they're in bondage to the Persians. Persia, their empire was the largest, even larger than Babylon of the entire ancient period. It stretched all the way to what we know as Turkey in the north, all the way into the south, into Egypt, parts of India, parts of North Africa. It was massive so the king Darius in order to manage all of these many countries all under one kingdom he had to have governors in each region he called those governors satraps s-a-t-a-r-p it's in verse one there were 120 different satraps the word satrap meant protector we would know him as a governor so in order to govern this massive kingdom and different, twenty different regions, 120 different satraps, and then all the satraps answered to three people. These were known as commissioners. And Daniel was one of the three. Why Daniel? He's into his 80s now and why would Persia, why would Darius, uh, another king, know of Daniel, what he had done, how faithful he had been for all those years to his God? Why would Daniel be elevated in a kingdom nobody knew anything about him? Well, they did know about him. Even the Persians knew the integrity of Daniel for all those years integrity shows to people you don't even know is watching it's part of who you are so we're told now that Daniel in verse 3 he was preferred with the word the only time it's word used in all of all all of the Old Testament the Hebrew word ni'ash it means to excel it means to go exceedingly above he was preferred because he had an excellent spirit in him. Man, if, if our community and our schools and our cities could see at First Baptist Church of Garland members who have an excellent spirit in them, what power we could have here. And that was Daniel. You see folks, integrity is just as vital today as it was in Daniel's day. They need to see integrity from us. As God's children, so many scandals are rocking the churches, so many scandals of church leadership, so many scandals out there. Our communities need to see people of integrity from us. You see, integrity is who you really are on the inside. Integrity is not who you hope to be. It's not, it's not who you project to be. It's not who you want to be. Integrity is who you are. Who you are right now at the core. That's your integrity. Somebody said one time that integrity is what you are in the dark. Integrity is who you are when nobody else is around. Look at what Thomas Macaulay said. Thomas Macaulay said, the true measure of a person is what they would do if nobody ever found out. Let me ask you a question. Would you have the extramarital affair if you knew nobody was going to know? W- would, you, would you cheat on your taxes, speaking of coming, this coming Friday, if you knew nobody would ever find out? Well, what would you do? Would you go ahead and look at the pornographic site if you're by yourself, nobody's around, and nobody's ever going to find out? Would you? What are you doing when nobody else is around? That's who you are. Now, reputation, it's different. Reputation is what people think you are. That's different. Integrity is who you are. I would venture to say probably everybody in here, you have a good reputation. I mean, people outside these walls, they know you as a person that goes to church on Sunday. They know you as a person who tries to do what's right. For the most part, you are respected and you have a good reputation. But that's not the question this morning. It's not what people think you are. The question is, who are you when nobody's around? dark when nobody finds out. That's who Daniel was. And eventually, your integrity is going to show. Here's the second lesson, number two, verses four through nine. Integrity does not exempt you from the unfairness of life. Just because you are a person of high integrity does not mean everything's always going to go great. People may treat you unfairly. Look at Daniel. Daniel was so respected by King Darius that the other satraps and the other commissioners were jealous of him. They wanted to bring him down. And now King Darius is thinking about elevating Daniel to be the prime minister. He'll be over all the other satraps. He'll be over both other commissioners. It's going to be Darius and then Daniel. And all the other officials did not want that. They were jealous of Daniel. So they tried to think of a way to get him. Verse 4 says, But they could find no fault in Daniel, no error, no complaint against him. Wouldn't it be great if people on the outside of these walls tried to, maybe trying to somehow, if they're going to bring First Baptist Church of Garland down, look at all of our members looking for an area to accuse you and they could find none. Wow. Wouldn't it be great? And so they finally decided, if we're going to get Daniel it's going to have to be pertaining to the law of his God because he'll not compromise that. Will you compromise it? Somebody said one time, it's really easy to control an honest person because you know what they're going to do. <laughs> you know what an honest person's going to do. And so they thought, how do we get him? It has to be something pertaining to his God. Ah, we've got a plan. So they gathered together and they hatched a plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Darius and we're going to butter him up. And we're going to say, why don't you sign a decree that says nobody in the kingdom can worship their God or pray to their God for 30 days because we know Daniel is not going to do it. And it'll put Darius and Daniel at odds with each other good idea so the commissioners and the satraps went to Darius oh king live forever we have a we have a proposition for you oh well what is it well you know you're such an awesome king well you're right I am well go on well you're such an awesome king why don't you make a new law And why don't the law say that for the next 30 days, nobody can worship any other god in the entire kingdom or pray to anyone else except you, Darius. Wouldn't that be great? It would show honor to you. 30 days. You think? Well, yeah, you're a great guy. Why, you're right, I am a great God. Where's that document? I'll sign that decree. Here it is. I, Darius, for the next 30 days, no one can worship a pray to any other God but me, Darius. Now, here's the problem. The highest authority in Persia was not the king. It was the law, what the king wrote. In Babylon, the highest authority was the king. He could override anything he said. But with the Medes and the Persians, whatever he wrote is higher than him. So they've got Daniel. Next 30 days, buddy, you can't pray. But we know you, you will. And we've got you. Now hold on a second. That was unfair, wasn't it? I mean, I mean that, was, that was unfair. Why did God let something happen like that that was grossly unfair to Daniel when he had just committed to be a man of integrity? Why would God allow that? But you know, Just because you have committed to be a person of integrity does not mean everything outside the walls of this church are going to be fair to you. You're going to have people out there trying to bring you down. You're going to have people out there trying to make you compromise this book. You're going to have people out there trying to do that. That's unfair. Many of you probably facing unfairness right now, discrimination right now because of your faith, anger right now, canceling right now backlash right now because of your faith your integrity does not exempt you from people being unfair to you some of you I'm sure remember C Everett Koop he was known for his strong faith in Jesus he was the US Attorney General or rather, Surgeon General uh, for several years See Everett Coop, you may remember, he was a strong believer in Jesus and he stood up for his principles and he was, he was vilified for it. He was known as an oddball as a teenager, shunned as a youth, went on to medical school and became a family physician. Then went on and became a surgeon. But his faith in Jesus Christ and the integrity he held as a believer kept him in the crosshairs of Critics. He was uh, he was practicing medicine the time of Roe versus Wade decision came down where abortion was legalized and he spoke out against that critics didn't like it and they came against him and said Dr. Coop what what, what if, it, if it saves the life of, a, of the mother wouldn't you perform an abortion if it saved the life of a mother huh come on And he famously said, I've been practicing medicine 35 years and I've never once seen a case where an abortion was needed to save the mom's life. Not once. You can talk in theory, he said. The truth is you have to go by what's right. And they were angry at him. One bad thing happened after another. His son died then in a climbing accident. It really greatly affected him. And then there was a move to make him the U.S. Surgeon General and boy, the opposition came out. No president had the guts to do it because they knew that they would be criticized for it and finally President Ronald Reagan nominated Coop as the U.S. Surgeon General and it took months and months of hearings but he finally was elected. He died in 2013 as a controversial figure all because he simply tried to to do what was right as a Christian in the public square. And one bad thing happened after another. Folks, just because you commit to be a person of integrity doesn't mean everybody's gonna say, oh, how wonderful. No. If you stand up for that book today in our culture, you're gonna be vilified. But you stand anyway, like Daniel. Lesson number three, verses 10 to 13 integrity does not bow to pressure integrity does not bow to pressure in the passage i read this morning verse 10 it says when daniel knew that the document had been signed so he's not going into this blindly what's he going to do three times a day daniel would go upstairs to his house go into his house go to the upper chamber had a window there He would open the window because it faced Jerusalem. Remember, Jerusalem was lying in rubble. But Solomon had said in the dedication of the temple that Jews are to pray toward Jerusalem. And so three times a day he would go out there and he would kneel across his window there. Everybody could see him out there. And he would go there and kneel and pray to the God of Israel, the only true and living God. Three times a day. Well, now the document's been signed. You can't do that legally. What are you going to do? Daniel went to his house, walked up the stairs, went to the chamber, just as he had done other times, opened the window so everybody could see, got down on his knees and prayed because Jeremiah had said if God's people call out to him in truthfulness, he would listen to them. So Daniel did. No doubt Daniel had a copy of Jeremiah's document by now. And the critics were watching. Let's see if Daniel prays. Come on, let's watch. Let's watch. He's going to pray. Yep, oh, the windows are opening. Oh, look, look, he's kneeling. I knew it. I knew he wouldn't give up. He's, let's go. Let's go to King to rise. And so they rushed the King to King Darius. Oh, King, live forever. Uh, we have a question for you. Oh, what's that? Well, you remember earlier we talked about for 30 days no one could pray to any other God or worship any other God except you and if they did they would be thrown into a hungry den of lions and devoured Do you remember that well of course I remember that did you not sign that I, I did sign it I remember well guess what your prime minister defied your order. Except they didn't call him your prime minister. Did you see what they called him? A Jew. It's a racial slur. Daniel the Jew got down on his knees in defiance of your order, O king, and prayed to his God, he must be punished in the lion's den. Daniel knew. But you see, integrity does not bow to pressure. Folks, in the next coming days, you and I are going to face pressure more and more and more to go against this word. I probably will face pressure as to what I can say from this pulpit, what I can't say from this pulpit. Otherwise, it's going to be called hate speech. It's coming. And you and I, above all people, have got to be like Daniel and stand for God and His Word and not bow to pressure. You see, Daniel's integrity strong. I guess the person that I can think of in my lifetime that was the person of greatest integrity is Billy Graham. You'll see a picture here, the late Billy Graham, never caught in a scandal, never anything, never any accusations made against him. And I want you to listen to what Billy Graham said about integrity. He said, We must constantly strive to keep our integrity intact. Whenever you've lost wealth, you've really lost nothing. Can't take it with you anyway. When you've lost health, he said, you've lost something. It's valuable. But when you've lost your character, you've lost everything. So above all, keep your character strong. as Billy Graham. Don't bow to pressure. In the fourth lesson, verses 14 to 28, integrity makes a powerful impact. Integrity makes a powerful impact. Boy, King Darius was upset. He liked Daniel. He really liked him. And he did not want to send him to the lions. And so he he thought, oh yeah, you're right. And once I sign something into law, it cannot be changed. It's the law of the Medes and the Persians. And what I wrote, I wrote, and I, I regret that I did that. And so he went to Daniel and said, Daniel, I, I yes, I made that decree, but let's see if we can somehow keep you out of the lion's den. The Bible said he worked all the rest of that day until sunset trying to keep Daniel out of the lion's den somehow is there some loophole somehow we can keep you out and there wasn't and so I can see Darius and Daniel making their way to the lion's den and Darius going Daniel man I'm so sorry it was foolish of me to do and your enemies they tried to get you and they got to the lion's den it's dark and the Bible said that they took Daniel, and just before they cast him in, Darius said, "Daniel, may the God you pray to deliver you this night." And they tossed him in, pitch dark. Can you imagine, Daniel? you're Daniel, It's dark. You're tumbling headlong into a large hole in the ground, knowing Vicious lions are waiting on you. Now lions then back in those days, the Persians, They. you remember earlier in chapter 3, they put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Persians didn't punish the fiery furnace. They worshiped fire. And so they punished by, by making a big hole in the ground like a cistern Uh, But it's like a a big hole in the ground. They'd put hungry lions at the bottom of it. They would cover it so you wouldn't just happen to all stumble in upon it. So they had a large covering at the top of it. Usually there would be, in fact, there was a, a modern lion's den found in Morocco a while back. And at the bottom of it, there would be an entrance where you could enter at the bottom. You could drain the water out when it rains. You could take care of the lions. But usually they kept the lions hungry so that whenever a person went, they were devoured immediately. So there was an entrance at the bottom of the lion's den. And so if you can imagine Daniel tossing him in, tumbling into the lion's den. But here's what I find interesting. The narrative in chapter 6 does not follow what happened to Daniel. It follows King Darius and so it said they tossed him in now King Darius was upset and he went back to his house and it's time to go to bed and he's so upset he's still worried about Daniel there in the lion's den and he couldn't sleep he was pacing the floor and finally went to bed couldn't sleep tossed and turned I hope God's Daniel is Daniel's God's keeping him and so early the next morning he awakened and he ran to the lion's den and he looked at it said Daniel did your God deliver you in the night Silence and death. Darius' heart probably dropped. Daniel, did your God deliver you? And a voice yells back, O king, live forever. He probably thought, it's Daniel's voice. Oh king, live forever. My God has sent his angel in the night and shut the mouths of the lions. Wait a minute. Who? His angel. Do you remember three chapters earlier? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And it says there was a fourth one like the Son of God walking there with them. Do you think it was the same Jesus that came to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The same Jesus that went that night and shut the mouths of the lions. And the lions and Daniel just kind of all slept together for the night. But here's what Daniel said next. O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions because he has found me blameless. God delivered him because of his integrity. Folks, integrity is powerful. Darius was overjoyed and he said get get Daniel out of there hurry come on come on get Daniel they took ropes and they got Daniel out of there he said where are those jokers that threw him in made those accusations let's, let's throw them in there Threw them in there their families in there their kids in there and the lions devoured them before they hit the floor the Bible says and Darius said listen I'm making a new law new decree he is the living God, the God of Daniel. And all people are to tremble before the God of Daniel. He endures forever. His dominion is forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. He delivers, He rescues. Everybody worship the God of Daniel. He signed it Darius. The Bible tells us in verse 28 Daniel prospered during the rest of the reign of Cyrus and Darius of Persia. The word prospered that's used there is the word selah. You may remember it from the Psalms. In the musical rest, a score, it's a rest. In the historical narrative, selah means may it go well with you. May you advance, may you succeed. And Daniel selah advanced it went well with him during the rest of the reign of king because he would not compromise his integrity and may you not either. 1987 the Rockdale County Bulldogs won the state championship in basketball Georgia. Coach Cleveland Stroud had been coaching there 18 years and never won a state championship. He'd had some good teams, but they'd never won the state championship. And he said that, that day in March that, that they won it, he said, it was, it's perfect. Man, our, our guys played good. It was, we just had the game of our lives. We won the state championship. It was a perfect night. They picked me up on my shoulders. They carried me off the court. He was so well loved by his players. He said it was just a perfect night. State champions, finally after 18 years. Two months later, something happened. Coach Stroud was in his classroom, and he was going over the grades of his students. And he noticed that one of his players on the team, who rarely even played, had failed a class and nobody reported it. So that meant they would have had an ineligible player and they would have to forfeit the games and forfeit the state championship. Now the player was not one of their main players in fact in all the playoffs he had only played 45 seconds and that was at the end of the regional finals. Rockdale had such a big lead, they emptied the bench and they put him in the last 45 seconds of the game. And that's the only game he played. Coach Stroud said, I thought, when I first saw it, I was in shock. And then he said, I just got sick to my stomach. And then I got depressed and I thought what I do I mean he, he didn't impact any of the games we, we won the state championship fair and square and if I were to turn it in it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be right to the other guys who worked hard and played in the games and sweated in the workouts to become the team they became would be fair to them and finally coach Stroud So there's only one thing to do, the right thing. So he contacted the Georgia state officials, told them what had happened. The games were forfeited. Rockdale was stripped of its state championship title. They went to the school and removed the trophy from the trophy case. Coach Stroud gathered his players in the locker room to tell them what had happened. He said, guys, you have to do what is right. You have to do what is honest. And you've got to win by the rules. Because people will forget the scores of a basketball game, but they'll never forget your character. They'll never forget what you're made of. Here's a picture of Coach Stroud. He's a born-again believer in Jesus. He is a member of the Macedonian Baptist Church in Rockdale. Coach Stroud lost the championship trophy that day, but let me tell you what he gained. He gained a name. Local coaches went together, bought the team a state championship trophy, and put it in their trophy case. Local newspapers, local television stations heard about the story. The New York Times heard about it, did an article on Coach Stroud, Sports Illustrated did a story on Coach Stroud. The International Olympic Committee gave Coach Cleveland Stroud their integrity award. 25 years later in 2012, The Covington, Georgia newspaper was doing a story about the 25th anniversary, not of their state championship, but the 25th anniversary of what happened afterwards. And they interviewed two coaches, two players who were in the games. They asked an interesting question. They asked all four of them, what was the final score of the game? None of the four knew. Coach Stroud was right. People will forget the scores. They'll not forget your character. And he had, and still has, powerful impact, because integrity makes a powerful impact. And folks, whenever you live out your faith in Jesus Christ and you stay true to this book right here and you don't compromise, in today's culture, God sends His angel to shut the mouths of the critics your integrity, deliver you, and his name's held high. Father, thank you today for the story of Daniel. Lord, may we be people who, the integrity of our heart in the the darkness, be who you want us to be. Lord, not our image, not our reputation, but God, our integrity, who we really are at the core, may that be strong for Christ. And I pray for every person here, dear God, members of this church, watching my live stream, members of this church, they will be people of integrity. And if they do not know Jesus as their Savior this morning, dear God, may that be the first prayer they pray as soon as the service is over.